Let me ask you this, Frank. Kapow, thwap, zonk, blammo. What do all these things have in common? Oh god, we're talking about Team Salvation? These guys were fairly well known for a reason. I, I looked into these guys a bit. I know you did a while back, back when you were uh, doing research for Goad. But yes, I, did. Um, I followed up on those a bit. It's gone interesting places. But before we dive into all that, uh, for those that weren't around back then, this is pre Whisper War, all that shit. Uh, Team Salvation were a cabal operating out of, um, from what I could gather, the LA area, made up of seven individuals. Their late 20s, early 30s, uh, led by their mighty leader, Martin Davis, better known as Paragon, an entropomancer, and their other members were the Night Watchman, Amazon, the Atlantean, Speed Freak, Space Brother, and Talisman. What these guys did is they went all around the occult underground and basically solved crimes related to it. They're the Justice League. They're the fucking Justice League. Yeah, they're absolutely and exactly the Justice League, or they're meant to be. Yes. But the question yes. is whether they did that deliberately or not. Okay, I'm going to be getting into that. I'm going to be getting into that. These guys were very much a product of their time. For example, they all dressed in fucking trench coats. Half of them were wearing sunglasses. And again, these are people in like their late 20s, early 30s. These are people that are old enough to know better. It was the early 2000s. Yes, and you know, I get that the goth scene was really big in LA at the time. Like, it, if there's any time period in which you could get away with this sort of shit, it was then. Any place, it was LA. When you're doing that while also fucking naming yourself after the Justice League and fighting occult underground crime, yeah. When these guys ran a business, a successful business, two of these people were established academics. Like, nobody in the occult underground, either they just didn't take them seriously, or they fucking hated them because these were, like, an alarm clock for the tiger just waiting to go off. Well, this is one of those things that I think is, in the occult underground, there is a bit of a stereotype regarding, you know, the inhabitants of the occult underground, which is generally true that most adepts, most checkers, most charges and ponies are all generally fuck-ups. And, and this, this area, they're, 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 there's this idea that you see a lot that you can't be in the occult underground and hold a day job. And that holds often generally true. Um, but it's, 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 not, it's, wrong. it's not true. It's a good principle. But it's a principle defined by its exceptions. And too often I feel people, I find people dismissing a pony. And dismissing pony is, is it's understandable. But dismissing some checker or dismissing some, like, pony just because they happen to have, like, you know, income. An income-producing yeah. occupation. And that could be a mistake. You have to take people as they come. And you don't. You don't assume that so just because someone isn't living in a gutter and staring at the stars, just because they can afford rent from which they can sit on the couch and stare at the stars, doesn't mean that they can't uh, access the greater powers of which we Listen, often Listen, I'm discuss. perfectly happy with the cult underground refusing to allow any of the bourgeoisie. That's for the best. That's different. And he, he, No, the proletariat. We're all lumpens here. That might be some lumpen solidarity in there, but I, I, I think that it's, it's a mistake to internalize that too much. 
Well, and something to keep in mind with these guys is that being an adept, yes. If you're an adept, it's very hard to hold a day job. But there's plenty of non-adepts or even non-occultists in that end up in cabals just due to circumstance or who they happen to know. Uh, Team Salvation only had like two of what we might call chargers nowadays, and only one that was an actual adept, Paragon, an Entropomancer. And then the second member was Amazon, who was a decently advanced um, avatar of the Flying Woman. It's a lot easier to be an avatar and hold a job, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's difficulties being an avatar and holding like a job, but academia is one area where it's not more forgiving. It's, it's it has different punishments than other types of work, but it, you can you can make it work. Well, it's more just that the lifestyle involved with regularly getting charges is usually kind of prohibitive to having any like frequent employment. If you're talking. Uh, authentic thaumaturges and avatars, you got more room there. Sociology helps a lot, or like studies like women's studies, because you can write a thesis based on the shit that you see out there in the, in the mean streets. It, it, you gotta teach those fucking Zoomers there is time for research. I mean, it depends, it depends. I know academia is a horrible place. There are ways and means. There's sorts of dangers about, especially if you're covering the underground. I, I, I've heard of a couple academics that tried to do like Anthropology working on the occult underground and shit, and usually that doesn't go well for them. I again, it's like one of those things. Don't write them off. Just doesn't because. go well for their career, the academics usually. And sometimes it's because elements within the local underground push back. Often it's because you know whoever they're doing their thesis defense to is like, what? What clergy? What the fuck are you talking about? Getting involved in the occult underground sends you down rabbit holes of what to a sensible mundane uh, academic would be like really weird pseudo history and pseudo psychology and all these things if you're defending your thesis that like you could use critical race theory to summon the gods of ancient greece even if you're right it's not gonna work the occult underground is nothing if not strongly anti-falsifiability none of this shit that you go through while in these circles is the least bit falsifiable Karl popper is just completely full of shit and it's hard to come back that's the that problem with anyone if you start to get the mindset of the occult underground and try to keep a stem mindset the problem is falsifiability is what keeps planes in the sky unless that line from second edition about quantum physics was right falsifiability the empirical method is what gives us like vaccines and and televisions and all these things but it doesn't give you the ability to pull someone's nose off their face that is coming from magic. Well, or I said of pliers. All this shit is actually pretty relevant to Team Salvation in a sense. But yeah, the overview with these guys, I don't even qualify them as young adults, right? These are like a bunch of like third, get people in their like er early 30s running around LA in trench coats, fighting occult crime wherever it may rise. At least that's kind of what they're getting up to in the 90s. Things kind of spiraled from there. Torm, I went off of what you were looking into. I was basing things off rumors of rumors of rumors, and the purpose of Goad was to bring ideas to the table because for the military wargaming simulation known as Unknown Armies, I wasn't, I, I wasn't really worried too much about is this true or not. 
Now, in my version of it, um, I, I just took out Paragon. I just had him killed. That, and that's pretty fairly typical, considering who, who Paragon is meant to be. But I actually wasn't thinking too much along the lines of the Justice League at the time. I was just I just, just taking them as the descriptions that we got from the, um, the source material from uh, Postmodern Magic. There were some theories about where they went, and these are obviously probably not true, or they're, true as, they're as true as you want them to be. Um, so Paragon's dead. Space Brother uh, works for the NSA because I believe his powers would, and his, his whole thing makes sense to work for the NSA. While the Night Watchman gets recruited by the Blue Line because uh, the Night Watchman is boring as fuck and so is the Blue Line and they fit each other with, um, I believe, I uh, ideologically. <laughs> Speed Freak uh, becomes an ESPN commentator, which is not really uh, linked so much to where Speed Freak's influence was from but i felt it fit the character as described while amazon and the atlantean they just disappeared they just swallowed up by academia which it's definitely what could happen like if someone is a young academic getting involved in the cult underground and they get burned bad then they just they can just sink back into like the warm cloying embrace of the ivory tower but Talisman was the one that was different because talisman was in holding on a manslaughter charge because of fucking shenanigans the Anya ring is just stupidly powerful uh, for what it is like being able to bring your inner thoughts out and have them manifest there are a million different ways you could use that um, so I had the Anya ring being stolen in 2003 by some fed uh, possibly John Tynes but I'm not I'm not holding to that there's a lot of now he's in holding on manslaughter charges fed steals the ring and um now but he's out now finally after a long a long um sentence for manslaughter and also being insane but he's out and about and he claims in the occult underground that his ring the anya ring was is being used in interrogations at guantanamo bay you know they've got like Barty the dinosaur playing in the background, Barty the dinosaur for 48 hours, and then a, f a Fed walks in with this Sanskrit ring and just like shows you like just imagines all these horrible things based on whatever like psychological profile they've got. So my campaign frame concept, my objective idea was that you are the grittier and sexier rebooted Team Salvation, um, darkier, darker, edgier, like very much 90s in comics and like the terrible Zack Snyder milieu of the movies. But so very much against the goofiness of what Team Salvation represented and in the same way like how the darker and edgier, grittier comics and movies were a reaction to what was perceived as the campy, the Batman in the 60s, which was, a lot of people go back, look back at it and they don't realize it was always meant to be camp. They thought like people in the 60s were just that ridiculous and they were, but they, always, they also knew it was, it was meant to be camp the whole time. You're the new Team Salvation. You're all dressed up as like the, the hot or just gritty new versions of all these characters. And you're going to break into Gitmo and get so the ring So you're wearing back. two trench coats now. That's right. Two trench coats. And the Amazon is just all male gays all the time. As we can see, things got kind of wild. I'd like to go back because you mentioned Wilson King, Talisman, going to prison. Who is Talisman meant to be? The Green Lantern. So... The last most people heard about what happened with Team Salvation is that they ended up getting in, like, a conflict with this Persona Mancer. She was going by a fucking 
like, supervillain name, Misperception, who used the ritual Rosenstancing Gildersterner Sterner dead. Refresh my memory on what that does again. That's the one where you, like, take off your own face and sew it onto someone else's and you just turn them into a clone of yourself? Ah, yes. Do you remember that one? Uh, oh, that, so you, you, you have, that only works if you're a Persenomancer, does it? Persenomancer? Yes. Oh, that explains yes. a lot. All right, okay. You know, some actually pretty dark shit was happening there. Mm. Whenever anyone's face is getting yanked off, that's uh, usually pretty uh, pleasant for all involved. And she was using that to make, like, copies of herself that were then, like, used as patsies, essentially. As they're, like trying to fight her wave of occult crime. They end up actually killing one of these people. Are you telling me that misperception? Did you do this to Paragon? Did you make a bizarro Paragon? It's complicated. It's fucking complicated. Now, it is mentioned in the write-up back in Postmodern Magic that uh, Space Brother, David Hunter, uh, would actually <laughs> have been very Who was? interested Who in... was? Who was representing... Oh, fucking Martian Manhunter. Uh -huh. I'll get into the names in a bit. Again, this is this is all going to fucking come together at the end. It says specifically that, all right, entirely hypothetically speaking, uh, David Hunter would be super into Persona Mancy if he knew it existed. They're fighting a Persona Mancer, so I think this is may have been when he, like, did, like, sort of a turncoat situation. I think what actually happened here is um, that misperception was Hunter. I'm not entirely clear. Hmm... I've tracked down a few of these people. I was able to get a hold of Talisman, because he's, like, the one person that was part of Team Salvation that, like, actually still wants to talk to anyone anymore. He's gonna involved with some shit, but uh, I was able to track him down and just, like, you know, not even, like, talk in person. I was able to hit him up on the phone. And he had done sort of a similar thing that I had a while back, which, you know, try to retrace steps, because, yeah, he's trying to get his ring out of Gitmo. Apparently, there's this big falling out right around when they're fighting um, Misperception, and Hunter left. He might be doing Persona Mancy for the NSA. I wouldn't be entirely surprised by that. I've heard things. Having looked over the stuff again, the details again, I'm surprised that if he was the one who was like a primary turncoat, because looking over it, the, the, the most likely suspect to turncoat, in my opinion, through my prejudices, would be the Atlantean, because of his view of the occult underground, his view of magic. I don't know, it seems manipulatable. Well, the Atlantean's fucking dead, first of all. I mean, I feel bad for everyone involved, even if they did some pretty messed up stuff, so, okay. And we're on Space Brother now. We should, like, we should, like, we should expand this a bit by... We're on Space Brother, we've already kind of gone over Talisman. Talisman, I think, as far as I can tell, he's been, like, just kind of floating around the edge of the LA comics community since he got out of jail. He, like, back in the day, was, like, doing cleanup art for, I think it was, like, Dark Horse or something. But comics are fucking huge in LA now. He must be in his, like, uh, late, f late 40s, early 50s now, right? Yeah, there's there's not much room, especially like after you do a stint in jail and you yeah. aren't really established in the industry. There's he helps organize like conventions and shit, but you know he's not making anything. He's not making like a good money. He's barely involved in the comics community anymore. But he's he's totally out of the occult underground. And he's been he must have got an end to an extent. From there are people in the comics community, especially old heads, who are vaguely aware of Team Salvation and their shenanigans. And it is kind of embarrassing. Well, not embarrassing, but it's it's controversial. But there are people in the mundane comics community, especially uh, underground comics, who have a soft spot for 
all that nonsense. So I'm not surprised that he he's on the fringes, but not completely excluded. Where that does kind of come in, though, is that's how he found out about where his ring went. Because, as you know, comics are big in L.A., especially through movies and all that shit. Uh, the military-industrial complex is very closely involved with Marvel Studios and all that. And he's pretty sure that Hunter was involved. He thinks that Hunter may have been a fed the entire time. I'm honestly pretty skeptical of that. But when you are involved with the communications, like, it, it mentions the thing, mission simulations, info gathering. Who the f- How do you do mission simulations when you're running around in trench coats fighting crime? What does that even entail? So I assume that this guy has at least some sort of background in, like, war games and shit, right? This is a rumor which is a bit... It's a bit crazier yeah. regarding David Hunter. Uh, because apparently that is an adopted name. Uh, because... And, and this this ties into very much with the, you know, the Martian Manhunter, like, mythos. Martian Manhunter yeah. is not from Earth. It's from outside. But he's a good guy, right? He's a hero. And there is a rumor that... Um, well, David Hunter... His original name was David Hernandez. He was actually the Mexican Manhunter. Yes, because he was a legal immigrant, but he covered that up. Uh, and that's the representation of uh, Martian Manhunter's, you know, origin on Mars. I'm not saying Mexico was Mars. Not saying it's not. Mexico could be Mars. Mexico decides what Mexico wants to be. But if that's true, that would it would make some sense. But either way, he's it's looking like he's involved with the feds in some capacity nowadays, and may have been involved with the feds the entire time well if he was if he was an illegal immigrant um that would be and they the feds found well if like i know it was different i know ice has been big well okay bigger we, now. Do know that, we, we know that all these guys grew up together <clears throat> like that, that's sure. a known thing so that doesn't, doesn't mean um, doesn't the mean the way that would work doesn't mean he wasn't like um people get born or like come in as a young kid, um, and then oh, yeah, they goes the whole time. Yeah, that happens like so many people. Like they'll get adopted, or they'll come in with their parents or something, and then just they don't even realize they're not a citizen, and then they get kicked out, like deported for crimes that they commit in life. But it's it's kind of fucking unfair because they had no idea. It it it's a whole thing. But for Space Brothers specifically, it could be that. All this Team Salvation shit ended up getting his name flagged, and he maybe he didn't choose to work for the feds. Maybe they just looked at his looked at his skill set and went, "Hmm, we could use this, and we have uh, leverage." It's possible. Yeah, no, it won't be the first time that uh, someone in the underground gets tapped as an asset. I don't think this was a psyop, at least not of that sort, but. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy what, had Navy what, connections or something like that. That's kind of what I'm getting at. What was Martian Manhunter's, like, backstory? As, like, he didn't grow up in on Earth or anything, did he? Did he come to Earth as, like, a, I a think fully grown Martian? he was, like, the Martian? last Martian or something. Like, like a Martian Ishii. He just came as a, as a fully grown dude, right? He wasn't, like, Superman coming as a baby. The thing about Superman crashing to Earth and, like, uh, being discovered by the Kents, and, like, he was just, to all accounts, like, a, a normal human baby. And that wouldn't have... Like, the Martian Manhunter might have had a bit more trouble, <laughs> like, baby Martian arriving, because he doesn't look human. But then again, the, he did con he did change form, so, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it, these, none of these people are exact matches to any of the Justice League, but I, I think it's worth looking into some of the lore to see what parallels it manifested. And the names, the consistent 
pattern of naming is something that interested me, actually. No, I'll get into that later. This this all ties into Paragon. After Space Brother, we're dealing with uh, Speed Freak, Mark Jorgensen. You mentioned already Talisman did a stint in prison for manslaughter. There were two members of Team Salvation that ended up getting charged with manslaughter. Speed Freak was the other one. Sort of surprisingly, he came out of this the best of the lot. Um, he, he did do a stint in jail. Ended up doing six years. Found Christ there. Mark Jorgensen is around. He's like a personal trainer in LA. That's his one character trait. He's a fitness nut surrounded by a bunch of nerds. So he had a career. He was working for a health and fitness yeah. magazine originally. So well, he had no, somewhat of had a, careers. I know, but he, yeah, but yes, I agree. But he had a profile before I went to prison, and him coming out of prison and being able to sort of bring it back is interesting. And it must have been the religious side. I, I actually tracked him down, tried to talk to him. I just got stonewalled. He wanted nothing to do with that. Honestly, in a sense, good for him. Sometimes you need to get out of this community. And it can be hard. It can be hard, especially after doing a stint in jail. So, good on him. But what I was able to gather from talking between him and hitting up a king talisman was that this wasn't atypical for Mark. And that he was actually someone that was really hard to get into Team Salvation back when it was formed. The thing that I sort of got from Talisman was that a lot of these people really didn't fucking like each other. How this group formed was that Paragon, Martin, found an underground comic book that taught him gutter magic, and he followed the clues in that to find the guy who wrote the comic book, who was an entropomancer. And how Team Salvation was formed was after his entropomancer mentor disappeared, he called up all of his old friends from his childhood and told them that magic exists. He knows it, and he wants their help using it to fight crime. Mm. And this is when all these people are in their like late 20s, early 30s, most of them are out of college. A lot of them have already established careers. Mm-hmm. One of them had already established a business. Mm-hmm. From what I was able to gather from Martin, basically the way he was able to convince them of this at all is he, in a lot of cases, just... He had a demon that he was keeping in an old decoder ring. That was everyone's trigger event, was just their old like friend from when they were kids knocking on the door saying, Hey, this isn't bullshit. Hey, here's this demon-possessed decoder ring. And that's a pretty classic, like, uh, trigger event to for a group, like, your old friend who, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty classic. That's good. A lot of these people didn't really even know each other. Martin was, like, the one unifying aspect of all this shit. Well, they, they all knew each other because, because it really leans into the comic side of things. Well, no, so they, like, you know, the comics and role-playing games, like, he, he, like, was their dungeon master and shit. But you know how it is at Dungeon Masters, right? He'll get a bunch of his buddies together. That, as a trigger event, like, your old dungeon master has brought you back together, and everyone assumes it's you're going to have one last hurrah of playing. And based on the timeline, we know that he was really into superhero shit, and we knew that they were all into... RPGs, and originally I, I want to talk a bit more about how like 90s RPGs could have affected the occult underground, but I believe that they were probably either playing champions or GURPS, and I'm leaning towards GURPS. 
My guess is there was probably a bit of Vampire the Masquerade Mage White Wolf shit thrown in there. I, I think you want to believe that. I don't believe it. I think they I were do. I think they were solidly okay. playing GURPS. I think there are a lot of people who went from like like the, the, the White Wolf and ended okay, up. Okay, but these guys were the- operating in the mid nineties. Like, that was ground zero of trench coat sheet. Not everyone was playing White Wolf. There were people that were just playing GURPS. No, of course not. And there's not that much cross-pollination at the time between the White Wolf and GURPS. They might have tried playing But then where did the Vampire. fucking trench coats come from? Where did the Lots trench coats come from? Lots of people wore trench coats in the late 90s, alright? But these guys started in the mid-90s. That's my point. Uh, I, I, I think that you, you're hung up on these trench coats and their association with the world of darkness I think the trench coats just they were just a thing they were just a thing remember the matrix came out before then but it was part of the zeitgeist those trench coats wearing them I know what it was like in Australia nerds wearing trench coats despite the fact it was fucking hot and they're just sweating in these trench coats and I'm sure it was the same in California it was just a thing these guys were into GURPS the other reason I'm leaning towards that is because I think people that played a lot of Mage or Vampire the Masquerade or whatever would be more likely to be receptive to this idea that there's a secret, occult subculture that steers the world and is like pulling the strings behind all this shit. I believe that to an extent, but I think that's to do with the fluff. But I think to, to, to become an adept, to really get into the occult underground, you need to break your brain. And the best way to break your brain is to understand GURPS. So I think Paragon, by understanding the GURPS system, he's opened a door. <laughs> Yeah, with all the fucking people Steve Jackson Games was hiring back then, they probably had at least, like, one fucking charger on staff. They got raided by the FBI! Of course, they're, they're like, because of, like, you know that that whole, like, oh, it was because they they mistook their their fucking side of the game. Yeah, the hacker manual, that was all bullshit. That was all bullshit. There was other shit going on. But the point remains that this whole, like, group was on pretty, like, shaky grounding to begin with and paragon was sort of the main thing holding them all together now atlantean it was taking me a while to track down michael steve everyone could guess who speed freak was obviously the flash who's the atlantean fucking aquaman of course pre um carl drogo uh what's his name uh, just uh jason momoa the reason it took me a while is that well she's going by malia stevens now oh really okay after all this, she actually... She's she's married to Davos now. She's married to Amazon. Really? That... As far as I can tell, Malia is, like, a well-respected marine biologist working at, like, um, CSUMB. I sent her an email, didn't get any response. I wasn't super surprised by that. Davos is actually pretty well-known in OU circles, especially around, like, the SoCal area, right? PhD woman studies sociology, bad experiences with the occult underground. Like, the manslaughter charges were what stuck, but a lot of them ended up getting charged with criminal negligence. Davos is a turf. She, um, what? which... She's a turf, And she married a trans woman? That's, well, that's a whole she's thing. She's known as a thaumaturge exclusionary radical feminist. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
I see. I you, you bamboozled see, me. See the turf. The, the I heard turf used as that way before I ever heard it as the trans exclusionary shit. She was only radicalized further, and like apparently, a lot of the West Coast sleepers are helped out by these women. Uh, once I found that out, you're talking about anti-magic prejudice in the radical feminist community predates anti-trans pre- prejudice because that that's that. Read, read the Scum Manifesto. Like, a lot of radical feminist literature was actually very pro-trans woman. In the sense that it's like, alright, this is a way for men to kind of change sides. There's been elements of the radical feminist movement that have always been very accepting of trans women. Of course, because radical can mean all kinds of different things. Radical goes in many yeah. different directions. Well, no, but radical feminism is this very, like, sort of, um, woman is a class or... In, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true, it's true. There, it's, it's not just feminist who is radical. Radical feminism... I know, but, like, I'm saying that radical feminism could be different. Coherent ideology. One of the things I do want to point, like, you know, back in the early 2000s, that whole argument hadn't really flared up as much yet. There's disagreement, sure, but it was—it's an old argument. It hadn't flared up like it has these days. Yeah, but it, it got, that the argument dates back to at least the seventies. Dates back to the seventies. You were really starting to see it get discussed again as the like trans rights movement started really picking up in like the late aughts, early 2010s. And then you start seeing, like, a lot of... Well, radical feminist circles of live journal were talking about this a lot. If you want to find out what was really going on the occult, online occult underground, check out live journal. That's where the secrets uh, really are. yes. A lot of chargers are still there. Well, a lot of chargers are still on fucking IRC, so... And Usenet. Not, not just the Russian chargers, though. They're, they're there, too. Chargers are creatures of habit. They don't... It's true. They're creatures of habit, and they're very paranoid, which translates to you tend not to change your preferred method of communication too much. But, you know, once I found out that Malia's wife was involved with the sleepers, I, I, I immediately was like, all right, I'm not going down this path. I don't want to fucking touch this. So she's a turf and a sleeper? Jesus, what a, what a, what a, yeah. what a, what a, oh, wait, no, because she's, oh, okay, I can't, I can't, yeah, no, she, she's, she's not a turf, turf, turf. Oh, my God. Can we get a, can we get, so she's a turf. Hey, 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 turf, I'm going with what I heard first, which was T stands for thaumaturge. I'm not changing what I heard just because of these assholes, alright? I will bring back the lost letter thorn of the English of the English alphabet just to clear this this problem, this misunderstanding up. It's turf and turf. And now I can clear it because That's you not can be the, the worst s- idea, but it's not good for online discourse because it doesn't show up on the keyboard readily. We can change that. All we need that's a cosmic objective. We can get it. Yeah, one day to the list. Although the cult behind QWERTY is quite powerful, so I don't want to mess with them too much. So, alright. The Night Watchman, Bryce McCain. Uh, ended up having a similar deal with Davos. She, I, I, I talked to a couple Blue Line contacts. Yeah, he's he's well known among Blue Line. I think he's, he moved to Reno. Because the thing is, after all that shit with the manslaughter charges happened, he lost his security license. Like, it was a big scandal among the security community, actually. And he went he went bank- bankrupt. He's he, All he is now is he's just a fucking, like, security guard for hire. Like, he's working at, like, a Wells Fargo, I think. I think he probably still maintains good connections. Well, probably through the blue line now, more than anything. Well, yeah, because even the at the like, time... He, he's well-known among the blue line in, like, the Southwest. Because he had a lot of direct experience. 
And a lot of negative experience. Because the blue line deals with things that they can't put in reports and they can't and they have to be careful about who they talk to, like even like behind the blue line, the mundane idea of the blue line, like being in the capital B, capital L blue line, it's not much to talk to. And people like uh, Bryce McCain who aren't cops but uh in the similar milieu they're uh, fellow travelers if you will they're the people that the blue line tends to use as an asset especially if it's a long period of time and there's mutual trust built up i was actually able to talk to him about it a bit he was characteristically terse i wasn't super surprised but yeah he's just like yeah i don't want to talk about it that went down i'm not in the area anymore just dropped the topic and I, I did I did did he see that picture of you wearing your ablab t-shirt he doesn't strike me as someone that like uses social media beyond Facebook maybe I like the fucked up thing is like that's how I made contact with some blue liners so because that went around <laughs> not all of them are cops you know they're all fucking narcs but they're not all cops it's gonna be the fucking hell things that get most pissed off about it a lot of the molders are like they're too distracted to care too much the hell things they get they get worked up so, kind of my go like goal here is was trying to figure out what the fuck happened to Paragon. I, I end up like asking Wilson about him. Let's just make clear because we've forgotten it. So the Atlantean was Aquaman. Amazon was clearly Wonder Woman. At least uh, the Atlantean as a name is not gendered, so it, she, uh, she can still be the uh, she can still be the Atlantean. Um, Night Watchman, obviously Batman, and we get to Paragon, who is in place as Superman. But other than the Atlantean and the Amazon, like, all these people, like, don't talk to each other anymore. None of them. Uh, apparently, Talisman, when he got out of jail, ended up hitting up a lot of them and just... Wilson King uh, is... Uh... But I, I talked to him about Paragon because I was hoping to get a lead on where he went. And what King told me was he didn't know the person to ask about that was Elliot. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, who the fuck's Elliot, right? Yeah, who the fuck's Elliot? Elliot is Wilson's brother, Elliot King, okay. um, who is known for two things. He's a well-known, like, activist, like, leftist activist in the L.A. area, and he's one of the... He's heavily involved with the Pink Pistols. I do not know who the Pink Pistols are. I could... I could. The Pink Pistols are a LGBT-friendly gun rights group. That's kind of what I guessed. So... I, you know, I end up talking to Elliot for a bit, and all he was able to tell me about what happened with Martin is that, like, back in 03, Martin hits him up and, like, starts asking him all these weird questions about just, like, how his target shooting shit had been going and stuff. Elliot said, like, hey, I wasn't doing that anymore. This was when he was starting to get really involved with activism. And Martin abruptly hangs up. Hmm. And that's fucking strange. Because nobody knows what happened to Paragon. The rumor's that he died. Mm. But I think something much worse may have gone down here. There's a lot worse uh, fates than death, that's for sure. Okay, okay. So, in its longest running, in its longest running incarnation, do you know how many members the Justice League had? I do not know, actually. The longest it was in a ten. Okay. We've gotten the ones we've already gone over. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, The Flash, Green Lantern, and Aquaman. Yep. And on top of that, you had Green Arrow. Oh, yes. Oliver Queen. Queen, okay. Uh, you had Hawkman slash Hawkgirl. Ah, yes. And you had Adam. Wait, that's 33. On top of these seven, that's you got 10, right? Oh, yes, okay. So Green Arrow, Hawkman, and Adam. 
who his whole thing is like he can change his size and like you know go down to the uh, atomic level and all that sort is of this, stuff. Is he Black Adam or some? No, Black Adam. That's that's something different. I think. Who who's who's uh, Adam? I, th- I think he's just called Adam. Just the Adam. Is he Shazam? No, like A T O M. Adam. Oh, Atom. Oh, Atom. Atom. Yeah. Damn your American yeah, yeah, yeah. keys. Um, uh, <laughs> so something I noticed here about Elliot, right? So Oliver Queen, Elliot King. Hmm. Hmm. Can smell what you're stepping in. All right. So I ended up talking to Elliot for a bit. And he said that actually, like, one of the big reasons he got into shooting in the first place was on Martin's insistence. Like, and, you know, and his brother, uh, Wilson, were neighbors with Martin growing up. And apparently, Marty would just, like, come over their house and, along with the comic books, he'd bring, like, a lot of, like, firearms magazines and shit. So they got it, ended up getting into guns and stuff as a hobby. But Martin was really, really, like into this and i ended up talking to wilson about this and bryce briefly and neither of them really brought that up apparently this is only a thing that really came up that much with martin and elliot's interactions he also brought up elliot martin used to hang out with some other friends of theirs um shasta hall and adam smalls okay I, i didn't talk to these guys i figure i've bothered them enough Shasta Hall is an ornithologist at University of Utah. Ahaha. Ah, I get it. And Adam Smalls is a particle physicist at UCSB. All right. So that yeah, that fits. That fits the uh, the characters. Well, but here's the thing. These guys are never part of Team Salvation. I brought these guys up with Wilson, and he just said, like, oh, yeah, no, like, I remember that uh, when he was getting all these to- guys together, he contacted them and tried to bring them in but they weren't interested which would be like and you could you could easily write that off as like oh they just weren't interested but especially because it comes from this uh underground comic like they might not have been able to not get involved if you know what i mean i think it might be something worse than that okay so as i was talking with wilson he brought up that martin was really like super encouraging of the whole drawing hobby and actually, like, bought him a bunch of, like, you know, how to draw, like, comic artist books when they were growing up, right? And here's what we know about, sort of, Martin's trigger event. He found this underground comic book, followed the hints to this guy by the name of Tyler Zenix. None of the other members of Team Salvation ever met this guy. And as far as, the, like, they know, they just disappeared. Like, Martin was always trying to find where this guy went was never able to track him down. And actually, like, apparently the whole thing that spurred the Team Salvation idea is the last thing that Tyler ever said to Martin was, nothing comes of nothing. And then he just disappeared. Mm. And, you know, Tyler was the guy who taught him in Tropomancy and all that, all that, mm. right? Mm. Similarly, Martin was in and of himself a practicer of Tropomancy. And so one of the reasons that Team Salvation was just nobody liked them in the color ground part of it was just you know because they're kind of dweebs but part of it was because they kept starting shit yeah they kept picking fights just like the hopes that they could like make something out of it the big instances with team salvation was this whole thing with the persona mancer misdirection there was something called the cult of molten fury 
Ah, yes, I've heard of them. And that's with ta- this is um, important with Talisman, I believe. Who just happened to find his ring in the closet while they're fighting Molten Fury. And then summoned the, their volcano deity. Yes. Or summoned a simulacrum of their volcano deity. They fought uh, some mad infomancer that was trying to sacrifice stolen computers. And then they um, prevented a small army of clockwork pixies from dispensing poison candy at a rave. Those were the fucking clockwork elves. They were just trying to share wisdom. Or it's 101. Oh, that was DMT. It could have been 101. You know, 101, that sounds like their sort of thing. So, I was looking... In at the manual for how entropomancy works. And entropomancy is is an odd mix for a Superman. Yes, I agree. It's a very strange choice. Do you know how an entropomancer generates a major charge? Oh yes, uh, by taking a risk that could kill a loved one or yeah, or themselves. Like it's usually a loved. You know, it's a loved one, isn't it? Loved one. A relationship. Well, no. That was sort of in the newer school. In the older school that you see described in the t- in the uh, second edition of the Wargaming Manual, in addition to risking your own life, deliberately put at least ten lives in danger of dying in vain. Is that the new version or the old version? That's the old version. It's deliberately putting at least ten lives, including yourself, in danger of dying in vain. Not just incidentally. Now I see why you're leaning into this version, because I... Yes... Yes. Okay. And what can you do with an entropomancy major charge? You can change history. Oh, it's one of these, isn't it? One of these. What's the best thing to do with a major charge? Set yourself up to get more major charges. Oh. Oh. That's interesting. And when I was talking to Wilson, apparently how they met was just that Martin knocked on his door one day and was like, Hey, you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons? A proper of nothing. They didn't, like, they didn't know each other from school. Totally incidental, knocked on his door. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I ended up looking through some old records, and, like, a lot of these people, you know, L.A. is a big city, but a lot of these people didn't even, like, go to the same school as these guys. Hmm. That's interesting. I think something terrible happened here. I think Martin may have engineered these people's lives and to, to turn them to an occult justice league so he could get entropomancy major charges. That makes a lot of sense. And that also ties in with some of the, the very more obscure... obscure. Uh, That's why theories. they all have the same fucking name. That's why they have all, like, Justice League-themed names and shit. So I think he's done this more than once, because I've heard um, rumors of a so-called team payback. I haven't heard of these guys. Because uh, as far as I know, he disappeared back in, like, late 03, early 04. Because it specifically says in the Entropomancy Major Effect... Alright, generally the further in the past the change is, the harder it is to pull off, and also the more drastic the repercussion it has in the present, right? Typical butterfly effect shit. Mm-hmm. But, a major charge is a major charge, it works or it doesn't. There's no harder involved. Mm. So that implies that when you go to change the past, it's somehow you doing it. That is... Hmm. I think he f- just found kids around LA that had Justice League themed names so he could just convince them it was all a crazy coincidence later on to just put them at horrible risk when they reach adulthood. I mean, think about it. Like, this is the exact sort of bullshit plot you'd hear someone whose brain has been warped by decades of comic books. Yeah. And this, this mentor that disappeared, that was just him. 
Again, the best thing you can do with a major charge is to set yourself up to get more major charges. I mean, this impli probably implies that this is the reason that the Night Watchman's parents are dead. Okay. Now, this all... He doesn't have to just have done, um... Talking superhero stuff, especially if he was into GURPS, there's a lot of shit there. All he needs is things that are symbolic, at least a group of 10 people. 10 people, so that's, that explains Team Salvation. There's more things that could do that, but I, he might have been linked to... He might have stayed within the superhero genre, because I found more evidence that it links to GURPS. My, uh, very strong evidence, in my opinion. It depends on you. Now, this book, this document, um, Postmodern Magic, it came out, was published in 2000. So they were referring to what was contempor to contemporaneous. And this happened, so at the turn of the millennium, 2000. This explains the, the trench coats, in my opinion. August 31st, 2001, Steve I'll Jackson... I'll split the difference with you and say they're playing GURPS Vampire. Right, I swear. They, they, would, I, they would have done that. They would have done. It. Now listen, listen, this. August thirty first, August thirty first, two thousand one. Steve Jackson Games published an issue of Pyramid Magazine. Included in Pyramid Magazine was an article with two archetypes. One was the lieutenant, which is not in, not relevant. The other was the emblazoned champion. And for a long time, I've not liked this one at all because it's 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 dumb. It's an avatar that's meant to be a superhero. Doesn't really fit the setting. Doesn't really fit with the magic. And they have examples of emblazoned heroes in history, like um, oh, where what is it? What is it here? Like Roland, like fighting against the Moors. I mean, it's like. Uh, people who are dressed up while 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 fighting, you know, but I haven't liked it. Yeah. But now hearing your story and looking at the timeline, I wonder. And if he was linked with GURPS, and there was a there was some kind of cabal in GURPS, maybe this was an attempt to fuck with him. Like there's chills up my spine right now because <laughs> I actually have a theory that direct works with this directly. All Ooh. right. So the early unknown army source books, the early documents had this really nice thing that they did, actually, where they listed off who wrote each parts of the source books, right? On the Table of Contents. So you know what Stolze wrote, what John Tynes wrote, what Mike Merles wrote, what Chad Underkoffler wrote. So I was looking, like, okay, who 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 did who did the dossier on Team Salvation? Okay. And it was this guy named Daniel Kznank. Daniel Kznank, okay. Kisevich. I don't know how the fuck pronounce that, but that's about what it looks like. And what he did, in addition to Team Salvation, he did the Carnals, which were those weird, like, sexual assault elementals. Yeah. That, just felt, that was just like, yeah, that was just like, dude, this is, this is not, this is just tasteless as shit. This is too fucking much. It's a bit much, yeah. I agree. There was Infomancy, which is, you know, Infomancy's pretty decent, but interesting that he, of all people, wrote it. There's just the generic hex ritual. It's a generic hex ritual. It's, it's boring. There's... You see that shit in all sorts of occult role-playing games. There's sure. unidentified foreign ontology. Which I, I want to talk about because I don't understand it, um, it but in a bad way. So I want to, like... Yeah, we, we no, should... I don't understand what the fuck it is either. But, you know, like, I was like, hey, I've, a lot of this shit, except for maybe Infomancy, like, I wasn't really into. So I was like, all right, let's look, let's, let's look to this guy up. Let's see uh, what he was involved with. On RPG Geek, he did Hush Hush. Okay. He, was, I did, what did he, he did something in Hush Hush. He he did like a couple like campaign hooks, 
like a couple of those, you know, I don't want to give you like a full scenario. Here's, here's like a few paragraphs summarizing like a campaign idea, that sort of shit. Yeah, just sleepers related campaign, campaign frameworks, fine, whatever. And the last thing he was involved in the RPG community was he was a producer for the the Authority RPG. Okay. Now the Authority was this kind of like a AU that DC Comics did. It, their way it was their way of doing sort of an edgier spin on the Justice League, and it was you know written by Warren Ellis. Right. Yeah. 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 I think I I I, so. I think I've read some Authority, but a wee while ago. Yeah. 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 I, I've never read it. Like, and that's, so then I started, like, trying to track this Daniel guy down, and I couldn't, the only other things I could find, nothing f- since 2004. The Authority thing was the most recent, he also had his stuff published in a couple short story collections, one about zombies, that was a tie-in for... All, all, all of the, all flesh must be eaten? I think I'm looking at it now. For all flesh must be eaten. Yeah. And he was involved in a couple... Superhero fiction collections, not comics. Fiction I collections. I got it, yeah. Path of the Just, or Path of the Just, yeah. So this, Team Salvation, what was the fucking GURPS archetype again? The Emblazoned Champion, which was... The let Emblazoned me find out. Let Champion. Me, let, me, let me figure out who, who wrote this, actually. Which you thought was kind of hacky, and apparently this guy has a bit of a habit of just kind of writing hacky stuff for these source This books. was written by a different guy, a man named Dylan Craig, and this was written, again... 20 years ago uh, so but still or so they say and the fact that I can't find anything on this guy after like 04 and you know how RPG source books are the, by the time the manuscript's done that's left before it can actually be published oh yeah of course so I think this dude was Martin just operating under a pseudonym it's possible I yeah and I'm, I'm looking now and there's not there's a few people who's got the surname of Ksenich it is the one million one hundred and one thousand five hundred and seventh most common surname in the world, most prevalent in Ukraine. So it's, it, it is, but the thing about that name, because so it's a real, it's a real ass surname. But it also sounds. I mean, looking at it, I'm just like, is this an anagram? No, that's the first thing, and I, I, I fed it into an anagram generation generator, and I couldn't find one. That, and like, look at the name of his fucking mentor, too, right? What's the name of the mentor? Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over the place right now with this. With this yeah, I know. I have this, so many this, fucking You've dropped right a bomb! We, this, we've, we're beyond the wall of better at this point. Tyler Zenix was the name of Martin's mentor. Zenix being spelt with a Z. And whenever I see a Z in a name, especially up at the front there, I immediately think that has to be a fucking anagram. This is just part of your long-running anti-Polish sentiments that you've, you've, you've whispered to me. That is not a Polish surname! This is unrelated to my qualms with the Poles. Yeah, that's, this is this is nuts. You, you've discovered like a conspiracy within a conspiracy somehow related to... It's, not, it's not a conspiracy even. It's just one guy doing just horrible shit involving superheroes and role-playing the role-playing game industry apparently it really fits the profile of, um, uh, of old um if, if if what you're saying is true and this is this is a classic evil super bad twist um, yeah. this is, so he was he was fucking homelander omni-man and and the other guy all along shit and, uh, he's probably trying to channel the emblazoned champion somehow but, you know, whenever you have someone that's walking an avatar path and is an adept, they're going to be fucking twisted. 
that just happens inevitably. So what what's interesting is I do know that like people in the occult underground, especially some like sort of semi woke ponies, uh, especially like the like it happens now last ten year last five years a lot, but it happened a lot the late nineties and the early two thousands when people were picking apart the books produced by Atlas Games and and the John Times website looking for like secrets and things they could use. Now this coming out of um, Steve Jackson Games is interesting and that suggested GURPS link because it's clearly not a, a, a cromulent fucking avatar path for unknown armies. So why bring it out? Why put it out? The obvious idea is just like people who want to play a superhero in unknown armies which means that they should be playing GURPS. But... I think it might have been deliberately developed as a misdirection, or maybe there were maybe there was a conspiracy against Martin, against what he was doing. I mean, the timeline works out. Like that's the thing with the timeline is it's not a fucking line. This is it's a loop. That's true. That's true. And he could he could reboot it. Maybe he's still back there. Maybe he's... <laughs> well, yeah, so, like, he's just stuck in this endless cycle of teaching himself. Like, setting all this shit up. Setting up all these coincidences so that he happens to befriend kids with fucking Justice League member-related names. And then put their life paths on ones vaguely related to just Like, I... There was some sort of, like, superhero occult, like, ritual spanning years and apparently several timelines going on here. And it all falls apart because he can't get three of his friends in on this shit. Maybe the threat that people worried about at the time was that, that, that what he was trying to do, if you are correct, if you are... If, it would have moved past, like, the bounds of what you expect from a normal anthropomancer, but it's also kind of diabolical. It's also very much like a mastermind kind of thing. That seems more like it could be an avatar path. And as we know from The Freak, and The Freak was alright, but the, and they were cool, but there were other, like... Things turned out for them in the end. Yeah, but, but avatar adept combos are intense. Real intense, usually. And if this guy had started to walk an avatar path. Oh, fuck. I just realized something. What? You've seen Superman 1, right? A, a long, long time ago. You remember what he does at the end to stop Lois Lane from dying? He turned... Oh, God. He turns back time! He goes around... He turns back time by turning the earth in reverse, because that works apparently. Jesus Christ. He's going to do it again. He might do it again, and then we'll be... No! God damn it! I don't want to be... I, wanna, I don't want to be back in 2000. No! We won't know. We won't know. We Are won't you sh notice. That's what, that's what we... That's what people always say. It's like, oh, you won't notice. It's like, sometimes you do. It's like, never when people... Sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, it's 2000 again. Uh, that's, and you get, there's some good things about that, but there's also... You're stuck in 2000. Uh, Too early to invest in Google. Too late to rock frosted tips. Ah, uh, and you'll be the only one who knows! If nothing, like, well that's the other thing, like, if nothing else, like, you're excluding the possibility that I also couldn't get sent back here. And that's the, that's the tricky thing when you end up stuck in another space, it's just, they, they can end up just bubbling off the timeline sometimes, like, uh, you know, like apples off a tree. I'll be able to run around, like, try to figure shit out for a while, but, like, then I'd, after two years, I'd have to shut the fuck up, because then and people would be like, Hey, Thompson, why didn't you prevent 9-11? And I don't want to explain that. It was too symbolically powerful. It's two tarot cards at the same time.
Two of the same one. If you go back and kill Hitler, then the world blows up in the 60s. It's, 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 a, it's a rule of time travel. 9-11 has something similar. You used to stop 9-11 and you, used to, you caused war with China in the, in the early 2010s. Especially when he was young, I'm not sure how much Martin was, like, abreast of what was happening there, right? I mean, like, it is possible that he was just, like, stuck in a sort of uh, occult child-grooming time loop. I mean, he might not have been this guy, this, um, this Xenich, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's an option, it's a possibility. I firmly believe that Martin, on some level, engineered all those friendships, all those horrible life events to happen so he could build an occult justice league. And we're never going to get Drake Stolze on this program. I mean, well, yeah. Why the fuck would we let a fed into the studio, Thompson? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. We'll do it in Russia. It's neutral ground. Well, that's okay, a lot. But yeah, I, I'm a, worried that I've figured out something awful here. And I mean, the the I guess the main thing that would be keeping me safe is if he is in fact stuck in that time loop. But if the mentor, if Xenix is in fact Martin, then that means that whatever's up with Xenix, he was just, you know, it's sort of like a roller coaster, right? Does that mm. loop back to where it started, but then just keeps going the direction, of, the same direction it was going. Hmm. I'm sure that he's operating under a different name if he's around, but he was somehow trying to channel the emblazoned champion while being an entropomancer. If anyone's going to chat, oh, Jesus. An entropomancer with a ready supply of major charges available at whatever well, I they think want. This, I think this failed because the only way you're going to get the emblazoned champion to be a, a workable archetype is if you can get it into, like... The collective unconsciousness as like a real thing that people do, not just symbolism of comic books and and Marvel movies. Dude, you don't know about those weird vigilante superheroes that like dress up in actual like costumes and fight petty crime in real life. That's it. I don't. Not it's a really. Thing. <laughs> like, that's it's a thing that people, people do. It's a thing that many people have done. Well, I just think that like he, the plan would have been to like push this as much as possible, get it into the collective I mean, unconsciousness. He's still, like, well, of course it's the collective unconscious. Look at fucking Hollywood right now. That's, I mean, that doesn't, uh, but uh, it's different because it's, uh, I don't sure, know. Sure, Superman I, movies aren't big, but Captain America's in fucking everything. He's as much an emblazoned champion mask as Superman is. It's a mask, but it has to be a mask of, 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 of an emblazoned champion sort of has to have, oh, maybe you're right. Like, it's, it, I think he did fail, though. I think he did fail because, again, there's those three people who just didn't want to join Team Salvation. Because I think like superheroes generally would work as work as art as as masks for like more established avatar paths for archetypes in the human experience. So him trying to build the emblazoned champion as its own separate thing, which has massive implications for the next cosmos. No one really gives a shit about the next cosmos because we're not going to be there allegedly, but. It, it, do you, do we want there to be like I'm skeptical I'm like a a three 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 and I'm, I'm an o three o three o three mistruther in terms of like I think it was it wasn't it wasn't a fucking reset then but if a reset does happen like that like it's not just the whole universe like like literally restarting from from the Paleolithic if it's just like uh we don't even know what's happening some grand man, man, Mandela effect. I don't really want to live in the fucking MCU, and let alone the DCU. That's a that's an objective I'll get under. Prevent that from happening. <laughs> like, really. I think he's still trying somehow in his own way. Because, okay, Team Salvation didn't work yet. And I think that's why he kept starting shit, because he was hoping to, like, 
get a supervillain team of like other adepts to happen somehow. Like if I can just piss off enough people, there will be enough people I'm intentionally putting at risk that I can get major charges regularly, right? If I can't have the full Justice League, at least I can have like the Legion of Doom too. That's yeah, holy shit. But the thing is, maybe this all links into like why we're starting to get more things like um, series that were always like around for a long time. Like, say, example, The Boys, which was a, which was a series a long time ago. That's now uh, like now it's a TV show and getting more of a profile. Like these sort of like depictions in the mass media of like why you would not want to live in a superhero universe. And even the MCU is going in that direction by showing the implications of like the snap and like the war, the battle of New York and all that sort of like these sort of, and like even the Loki series, like showing like, no, it's not good. Like these sort of depictions in the mass media do help to guard, to, to protect the un- a collective unconsciousness from these kind of shenanigans. To an extent. You know, when you think about it, like, you're being stuck in a constantly resetting status quo, where, like, <laughs> that, that, the that timeline is the getting fucked But that's also, that's also, like, very on point for the Emblazoned Champion. That's very on yeah. point for shit that happens in comics all the fucking time. That might just be contributing further to that Avatar path. We're just gonna end up, we're gonna be like, it's gonna be a time fucking... We gotta get a reset. You think Grant Morrison might be in on this? That's why he keeps fucking merging timelines and shit. We're gonna end up being these two supervillains that have a fucking radio show that is like the frame. Like we're the frame. We're the like we're the narrators of all this bullshit. Oh god, that's a pretty cool framing um, device for a superhero series. Actually, two villains bitching on a podcast about it. If I cared more about superheroes, I'd look into that. Yeah, like, that's the thing, like, I'm not well-versed in this shit at all. I'm just scared. I'm scared that this guy is just, just indiscriminately fucking with lives and timelines to try to bring this avatar into the clergy. If there's one thing I've learned about the occult underground is not being well-versed in something is no protection. In fact, it's, it's, it's danger. <laughs> Does this mean I need to start reading comics? I don't want to start reading comics. Fucking superhero. No, look, there are there are multiple massive existential threats to human life and existence as we know it. Let's let's focus on the ones that we are actually interested in. I I I am mildly interested in some comics. I read Moon Knight recently, and Moon Knight is fun. Um, but yeah, no, I've I I don't really want to get. I don't want to live in the DCU. You. Maybe even that. Maybe maybe Zack Snyder has been doing the right thing all along. Maybe Zack Snyder is on the side of the angels. Maybe that's maybe the MCU is the danger. I don't know. But the, and the one thing about the fucking Avengers, as you can say, is that if he was rewriting history, there's been a lot more variation in the Avengers lineup than there has been in the Justice League. There's been some variation, but there's all kinds of fucking Avengers. So he could just do it over and over again with like different variations on on the theme because and he can because he can bring in X Men and all this. If he's just like and these will just be like normal people or adepts or whatever who happen to have some symbolic resonance with the characters. Like fucking Captain America is just gonna be some like somewhat patriotic. Um, a veteran, and like it, it's. Oh God, yeah, he might be trying to do this again, or he might have already done. I mean, 
if you're trying to shape the status sphere, then doing it through, like, Hollywood is probably more effective than through getting a bunch of your old nerdy friends together and sort of kind of LARPing as superheroes, even if it's in an occult context. And it's not like there's any, like, shortage of occultists running around Hollywood to help with rituals of that stuff. That's how you're trying to go about it. Oh, God. I just realized something. What? Oh, no, no. Frank! <clears throat> Frank, I'm, I'm half Norwegian. David right. Thompson. I, I, found, I, I found a hammer the other day. Oh, <laughs> I'll get rid of it. Don't go this way, Thompson. No, no. Fight it. It's a really heavy hammer, but I can lift it. Well, fuck. <laughs> what, 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 what? Well, yeah. What, what do we do now? We figured out this twenty, this twenty-five year running mystery. And all right, there's nothing we can do about it. Lives have already been ruined. Because all the way to the top, Tides and Stolzy are complicit. I knew what the fuck they were doing. Well, okay, I, we got more from Team Salvation than I than I, I could possibly have imagined. No, yeah, I found looking into this gave me a lot more than I was expecting. I was this, expecting, this, you know, a bunch this of this happens every single time. Burnouts. Yes, every fucking time. Oh, we'll just find a bunch of burnouts and like. Hobos panhandling, or you know, people that have kind of gone their lives together a bit. No, it's always some fucking crazy conspiracy to that just fucking Burger University all over again. That's right, that's right. So, yeah, there's gonna be so this actually gives me hope about some of the other stuff we're gonna cover from this book that we don't like because holy shit, implications it's always been the implications or at the secrets. Maybe even the Grail Knights will be interesting. Who knows? I'm sure we can find something there. Something that isn't just, you know, warmed over uh, Dan Brown bullshit. I-, I like my Dan Brown bullshit ice cold. Well, yeah, like Dan Brown. Who's, who's dead, actually, by the way. He's dead. The current person imitating and uh, presenting themselves as Dan Brown is, a, is an actor. Was he killed by the author of Holy Blood, Holy Grail? I think it was autoerotic asphyxiation and just... The whole thing was really embarrassing for all involved, so they decided to just replace him with, with a double. What is autoerotic asphyxiation, if not the Holy Grail? The death of kings.
similarities between Superman and Jesus can be seen throughout the hero's graphic medium. Superman was sent by his father from the heavens down to Earth as a helpless baby, arriving in a spaceship like Moses arrived in the basket. He was raised by common parents who in the 1939 issue of Action Comics number 1. His mother's name was Mary. Her name was later changed to Martha. And according to the Comic Con website, Superman's father's name was Jonathan Joseph Kent. Mary, Martha, John, and Joseph were all names of people surrounding the life of Jesus. What does that mean? Why did you say that name? 